This video is brought to you by Devout Decals, makers of reusable Catholic art for your home altar, your bedroom, and your home classroom. Today, I bring to you something I haven't brought in a long time to this channel, and that is the writings of Hilaire Belloc. Sometimes people ask, who is this figure with the, you know, this blues brother looking figure that I talk behind sometimes for these kinds of videos? Well, that is a stylized image of Hilaire Belloc, as you will see here. That is what the man looked like. It was one of the great Catholic writers of the 20th century. He was also a pretty controversial writer. He wrote about a lot of things that I can't bring onto YouTube, to put it mildly. But he he challenged the thinking of the world in defense of the faith. You've heard some of his famous quotes before about, you know, the imbecility of church leaders destroying the faith or trying to destroy the church, but the church has survived. I, I don't remember the, the quote off the top of my head, and yes, I'm too lazy to look it up right now. But... There are his, his quotes tend to float around the internet sometimes in, in Catholic circles, but his writings are very spicy. And they can sometimes be a little dense. Today we're going to talk about, or I'm going to give you his writings on what he calls the modern mind. And as one blog online described what he says here, it's really he's talking about what we call today dumbing down. This love of novelty that really renders religion just unintelligible, as he says in this article, because he's talking about this both as a cultural and social problem, but also its effects on the faith. Let Hilaire Belloc give you the rest of it. The modern mind, or what we might call today the dumbing down of the mind. An essay by Hilaire Belloc. The most formidable element of main opposition to the faith today is what I propose to call by its own self-appointed and most misleading title, the modern mind. How misleading and false that title is, I will discuss in a moment, premising here that I adopt it only because terms are necessary to discussion, and this is the admitted and well-known term ready to hand. Were I to invent a new one, I should hamper my argument, for it would be unfamiliar, we note that it acts in a fashion wholly negative. It is not an attack, but a resistance. It does not, like anti-clericalism, exercise an active effect opposed to religion, nor like nationalism, substitute a strong counter-emotion which tends to supplant religion. It rather renders religion unintelligible. Its effect on religion is like that of an opiate on the power of analysis. It dulls the faculty of appreciation and blocks the entry of the faith, hence its power. We further note that it is a far more effect in the Protestant than in the Catholic culture, though common to both. In the former, it is discovered higher up in the intellectual and social scale than in the latter, and is very widespread. In the latter, it is more restricted in area and less accepted by the educated class. But everywhere it is of the same character, and everywhere so far as its influence it extends, it fills with despair those who attempt to deal with its fearful incapacities. And even before they can deal with it at all, they are brought up against the absence of a language to effect their end. For indeed, this chief adverse condition we have to examine has no suitable name. There is no fixed term or definition for that major factor in its pr our present difficulties, the spirit which is everywhere a main adverse adversary of the Catholic Church, and peculiar to our generation. Many a name has been attempted, none has been found satisfactory. The mood running through the lower masses of the modern world, of wide influence, therefore, in Europe and America, is baffling to label. That name which its own victims use, the modern mind or modern thought, is a misnomer because it ignorantly begs the question of universality. 
It presupposes that those suffering from the disease are the mass of our contemporaries, and those free from it are negligible exception. Of course, it is not so. Most modern men do not feel the spirit. No Catholic feels it, at least no Catholic who cares to remain orthodox. The great part of really cultivated men outside the Catholic Church despise it, and everything traditional and solid in our civilization, notably the peasantry of agricultural countries, leaves it to one side. Nevertheless, as it is the word its own votaries use, I will here call it by that name, but in inverted commas. I will speak of it as the quote-unquote modern mind, but emphasizing continually, as I do so, the falsity of the term. If we call it, as some do, quote-unquote realism, we are confused by the use of that term with a precise and profound meaning in true philosophy, where it signifies the reality of ideas, as opposed to nominalism. We are also confronted by the disturbing fact that even in the conversational sense of the word, the spirit which I speak is the very opposite of recognizing the real world. It is a spirit soaked in ready-made phrases which have been swallowed whole, without the least examination, by minds incapable of criticism. Were we to call it modernism, we should be nearer the mark, but unfortunately that word has already been assigned to a definite theological school of error. Whereas the spirit of which I speak is something far more extended, vaguer, and indeed of more effect. We all know the thing. It is the spirit which tells us, on hearing any affirmation or hypothesis not within its own limited experience, that the affirmation or hypothesis must be false. It is the spirit especially prone to take for granted the falsity of an unfamiliar idea, if that idea is known to have been familiar in the past. It is the spirit which confuses development and complexity with the growth of good, and the process of time with a process of betterment. It is the spirit which appeals, as to a final authority, to whatever has last been said in a matter, the latest authority. It is the spirit which has lost acquaintance with logical form and is too supine for reason. It is the spirit which lives on bad science and worse history at third hand. It is the spirit, not of the populace or of the scholars, but of the half-educated. Ignorance forbids them to know with any thoroughness what men have discovered about these things in the past, and how certainly. Intellectual sloth forbids them to examine an argument, or even appreciate the implications of their own assertions. With most men who are thus afflicted, the thing is not so much a mixture of these vices as the mere following of a fashion. But these vices lie at the root of the mental process in question. And that was Hilaire Belloc describing, essentially, the clouding of the modern mind through, well, the dumbing down effect. Describing it as perhaps a complicated way, but he's not wrong. He's talking here about this idea that because things are new, they are by default better than things that came before. And how it is actually similar to the heresy of modernism. Where do we see this idea? In the church, because not the desire for novelty is an error, but it is only part of modernism because modernism tends to bring into itself every heresy under the sun from all of history. It is, after all, the synthesis of all heresies. But where do we see this in the church? Is it in the acceptance of every secular narrative about you know the, the state of the created world and man's impact on it? without ever even questioning the basic suppositions of it. Even the church officials just take at face value the authoritative declarations of scientists, which are always changing. And the hierarchs in the church just go along with it. Is it this idea that 
church music that traditional Gregorian hymns are bad, and if someone can find a way to take any form of popular music and make it sound acceptable to modern ears in a church setting, that it should be so, that if we can fool ourselves into thinking that it sounds sacred, so it is, that we should accept it. How many times have you gone to Mass and heard some of that just cringe-inducing modern Protestant pop music played you know, on a guitar with a, you know, a youth band, usually of a kind of a music that the young people there do not want to hear. I could go on and on. There's plenty of examples of this. And at the key point he makes is this dumbing down effect, this desire for new things, this novelty. It renders religion unintelligible. We tend to call it ambiguity today. The, our adversaries in the church have rendered everything ambiguous. It's part of the dumbing down effect. Let me know what you thought of this in the comments, please. And uh, hit like and subscribe if you haven't, because it does help. So just sharing this on social media, that helps too. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.